Welcome to Horror Struck. Hello and welcome back to Horror Struck. My name is Cecilia Talbert. I'm Riley Ott. Hi, how are you, Riley Ott? Hi, I'm trying to sound happier when I introduce myself because I always sound monotone and miserable. Is it working? Uh-huh, you sound very, very chipper. Oh, good. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me on my own podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting episode because uh, Riley and I are both out of it, so this will be interesting to see how it goes. We are. I am a little hungover still because I went to a friend's birthday party last night and I don't get out very much. I made two breakfasts this morning because I decided that was the cure for a hangover. It it sort of helped. The older I get, the more uh, hangovers are not fun and more intense. So that's that's great. I'm really happy for you. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you're still alive. Me too. I'm honestly just tired. I don't know... <laughs> Didn't know where I was going with that sentence. I don't know, and your brain is just broken today. <laughs> uh, oh, it's broken always. Yeah, same. It's been a long three years. Did you ask me how I was? Did I answer? I'm well. You said you were hungover, oh, right? Yeah. Did we? I don't remember now. No, I did. Other than that, nothing, nothing much going on. Um, how are you? You watch anything lately? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna watch something spooky last night, but instead I didn't i i rewatched almost all of the queen's gambit yesterday while i was painting and relaxing i just had this urge to rewatch it that's a good show i still haven't seen it but one day maybe i'll watch that and squid game eventually i did start watching a horror movie i need to finish it but i got too tired and i fell asleep oh what was it uh shit what was it called <laughs> oh, no. i thought it was um so i switched my i used to have a shutter subscription i switched it over to amc plus and i thought that you couldn't watch joe bob on there but i was wrong apparently they do have a live stream going on fridays for the new season of joe bob's last drive-in or the last drive-in with joe bob briggs and i thought i was i was way too late um, and so for a minute, I really thought I was watching a Joe Bob movie. And I was like, oh, it's really weird that he picked this movie. This doesn't seem like he, what he would normally pick. And then I was like, wow, it's been a really long time. Usually he'll like bust in and like give me a fact. And then I was like, I bet I missed it. And I, I did. So it was whatever was on like the shutter stream right after Last Drive-In. Mm-hmm. God, what? It was a, it was a newer movie. I'll have to look up the name and maybe I'll put it in the description because I can't remember. But the concept is it's a couple that go on this... What did they, what did they call it? It was like slasher sleep out where it's you pay for a ticket and then you live in a horror movie for the weekend. So you're like going through the woods and camping and like finding clues and trying to like follow the storyline. And then it turns out that uh, the particular session they're playing is not fake. Oh, no. So. I've never heard of this. And people start dying. This is a a real thing that people do? Is they live in a a horror movie simulation roleplay thing? It kind of reminded me of McCammy Manor a little bit. I have no idea what that is. Oh the, wait, the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've told me about this. The, where the, the, the haunted house where they they just like torture you, but like more. Yeah, that it reminded me weird. of that, but more like story based, where you like sign, you you know, you you sign a thing, and they drop you off in the woods, and then over the course of the next three days, you're making your way through the woods and following the clues, and there's a storyline, and. Okay, it sounds fun. I don't think I've heard of the movie, but I'll have to look I'm it up. I'm trying to remember what it was. I was enjoying it. I think I got too sleepy right around the time that people actually for real started dying. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, that's all. The okay. movie I can't remember the name of. That's It sounds great. We'll definitely figure it out before this episode comes out. Yeah, it might be one of the featured movies on Shudder right now. I haven't looked on there in a while. I have the extension on Amazon Prime, and the interface mm-hmm. is horrible. I have the AMC+, mm-hmm. Plus, so it's like bundled in with everything. And it's impossible to use, and I should just cancel it. I wonder if it's just awful as a plugin, or awful because it's on the PlayStation. 
I think it might be that because I have a really old PS4 and a lot of streaming apps just don't seem to update on there. Like Paramount Plus looks horrible. Well, and I don't even think it's your system. I think it's just that a lot of streamers don't care about PlayStation as like a form of streamer. Yeah, I don't think they're hub. updating anything yeah. for PS4s. It's fine. I watched a movie. Or PS5s, for that fact. I think it's just oh, the they PlayStation don't care about Network. PlayStation in general? That's weird. Maybe I should I just get a I Roku. Don't, I don't think the apps are dependent on the, um, at least between PS4 and PS5. I could be wrong. I don't think they're dependent on your system. I think they just don't give a shit. Well, that might be it, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you should get a, a Roku or a Fire Stick. I should just get a Roku TV. I need to get a new TV anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, one day. We'll we'll see. I watched a movie. Do you want to hear about it? I think I already told you, but I can tell everyone else. What movie? I watched a movie. It's called Lights Out that everyone saw in 2016, but I saw a few days ago. That's not the movie with the tooth fairy, right? No, no, that's Darkness Falls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that came out way before 2016. That came out in like 2003 or something. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) We need to watch that one day. I've heard it's bad. I remember it really scaring me as a child. The tooth fairy is a weird concept. I think anytime I think of the lights, because they have a lights-based like monster in that as well. I just mm. think of that movie. I am interested to see it now because I watched Lights Out, and it's based on that short film. And the short film is basically just someone flipping a light on and off. And there was a lot of that in this movie as well. But it honestly, it kind of freaked me out. Like I'm already afraid of the dark, and now I'm like, oh yeah, there's obviously an evil darkness monster. Lurking in the shadows. Of course. Yeah. Always. And the guy who was plays it? um Charlie in Twilight was in it. And oh. spoilers, oh. he dies. Oh, that's right. Within, like, the now first I remember. Two you sent me a picture. Yeah, I sent you a video when I was watching it. It's just like, oh, Charlie's here. I hope he lives. He doesn't. Yeah, spoilers. Not really. He's the opening kill. Is that all the things? I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. Oh, a movie that you don't like that we talked about a long time ago. Uh. I watched, yeah, the first hour of The Dark and the Wicked, and I turned it off because it was so boring. Nothing happened. The only interesting thing was when a woman, like, is cutting carrots, and then she cuts up all of her fingers, and that's that's really it. Yeah, I was not a, uh, eh, not for me. Yeah, it wasn't for me either. I don't, I don't see the appeal. I mean, I guess if people like the atmosphere maybe around it. Nah, not enough. Not enough for me. I can't stand a movie that breaks its own rules. I honestly, I don't think I was even paying attention enough to figure out <laughs> what the rules were. But yeah, I think that's all the horror stuff that I've watched, other than obviously the movie that we're going to talk about. What is it? You picked it. You tell us. I didn't pick it. Yes, you, you did. Picked... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never. And you weren't even that scared. No. You're fine. We watched the 2021 film, The Medium. Directed by a guy whose name I cannot figure out how to pronounce. I really uh, should have looked it up. Pisan Fanukin? is his last name he is thai though this is a thai south korean combo horror movie where the team behind it is both thai and south korean um although the movie does take place in thailand yes specifically in the northern region of thailand in the what was it the ison region yeah it's really beautiful from what we saw in the movie the cinematography and this is really really pretty yeah this movie is a a docufiction movie so you're you're following a documentary crew that has decided they are going to document shamans in the asan region of thailand and they end up sticking with one shaman and her family in particular uh, because they believe that a inheritance ritual is about to take place and uh that is not what happens the the man who directed this movie, his name will be down in the description because I cannot pronounce it. He also directed a movie I really, really like that you should watch called Shudder that came out in 2004. 
And I didn't even realize he had made that, made both of these movies until I was looking at his filmography. And then um, the man who came up with the story and wrote the screenplay for it was the writer, producer, director of The Wailing, which is also really good. So there's a great team behind this movie. I watched the trailer for The Wailing after we decided on this movie last week because I knew that it had some of the same people who worked on it. And I honestly kind of wish we would have picked that. That looked so interesting. I did like this movie, but I think we need to do The Wailing as soon as possible. It looks great. Oh, the only reason I didn't pick The Wailing is because it's long. Yeah. That's the only reason. It's long and apparently it's uh, something you have to rewatch immediately with new context by the end of the film, which are, that's the only two things I know about that movie. It's really good, though. Oh, also, speaking of the Shudder movie, Shudder with a T, I was looking through the man's filmography as well, and I saw that, and I had a flashback to when we were, like, 21. And oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you had, with our friend Natalie, you had a, like, YouTube vlog channel where I don't know if there even was a theme. You guys would just get on there and talk about whatever. And you did a couple movie reviews, and this was one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Should I post it on the internet to embarrass you? Oh, I should post one with both of us in it to embarrass both of us if I did. There was, oh my god, that was fun. It was fun. Natalie and I just did it for fun, because uh, we at that time we really liked like the vlog, well we still like the vlog brothers, but we just thought, oh it'd be really fun to vlog back and forth and see kind of like what it's like to do a vlog kind of thing. Um, and it was fun, but it was a lot of work. So I just have to uh, adjust my volume. There was one time that there were a couple videos that Riley and I made together, which were so fun. Uh, we did a we did a yogurt taste test video, and we discovered that all yogurt tastes the same. And then you started drawing on the walls with the yogurt. It's a chaotic oh, yeah. video, and <laughs> I might post it on the internet. My favorite video is the one where we are um, my roommate. I guess our roommate Molly. She we had her like do like the my drunk kitchen thing we had our make scrambled eggs <laughs> oh my god that i just was remember like night. the video came out so well it was so funny it was really good that was the night where we because it was me you and molly all living together at that point and we all yeah. three just happened to have invited friends over and we ended up having this like impromptu party and then recorded her making eggs that was really fun it was a lot of fun uh, i miss it and then someone in the apartment next door to ours got murdered there the next year when we moved out. So, and then someone in the apartment next to us was a sex offender. So I think lots he of was good times. like a non-dangerous, like peeing in public sex offender. Though he was like I a think so too. yeah, indecent exposure. He wasn't a huge creep, but he was kind of weird. Yeah, good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> anyway. Shudder. It's a great movie. You should watch it. They did an American remake. I don't think I've ever seen the American one, but the um oh the original 2004 one is really good. I think I've seen um I think it's Elvis the Alien on YouTube did a commentary on the American one and it looks horrible. Oh, you know what we should watch? What? We should watch the American version of A Tale of Two Sisters because I've heard that is also very bad. Oh, no, no, no. I've heard it's good. It's, um, is Elizabeth Banks it was, in it? I heard it was bad in comparison. Well, probably, because our cultures are so different, I feel like it wouldn't translate as well. But I almost watched it when we covered A Tale of Two Sisters, and I was looking on IMDb, and it got relatively good reviews. I've heard that the stepmom character in it, though, um... Oh, nothing's going to be Spoilers for, for Tale of Two Sisters. Uh, the stepmom character is actually, like behind some of the chaos it isn't just like an delusion like it is in the um the south korean movie oh okay that's interesting at least they decided to go in somewhat of a different direction instead of just like a carbon copy of the original it sounds interesting i'd be open to watching it i'd be open but i would be judgmental yeah no that's fair that 
sounds like us normally, actually. Anyway, speaking about remakes, though, this is a movie. I can't imagine them. Is this a this remake? seems very like of its culture. Like there are some movies that I think can kind of cross the seas and be remade. Like I think mm-hmm. The Ring is a really good remake, uh, like an American remake. But I cannot imagine like this movie in particular ever getting that kind of treatment because it's so dependent on the culture and on the the folklore and the religion of the region that I I can't, <laughs> there's no way I, they wouldn't but I cannot yeah. imagine what they would do if they tried. I feel like yeah, western religions are so different that there would be no way to like cross over and make a remake. I I did look up I didn't look up any of the folklore. I tried to look up and find out if this is an actual religion or what the people in the Ison region believe. And it looks like for the most part, people are Buddhist or some variation of that. So I don't know how much of this movie is based on actual beliefs. I know the goddess is not real. Yeah. They made her up. But yeah, uh, Buddhism is the the major religion in Thailand, although you do see a lot of shamanism. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the belief in different gods. But it's also a lot of the beliefs that that shamans and that kind of religion follows is very similar to Buddhism, where they believe they believe in like reincarnation and karma and that everything living has its own soul and its own energy. And so it's really interesting. And I, I don't you don't really need to have a grasp on what the culture really believes like you don't need to already have a good understanding of of thailand and the culture to understand what the movie is trying to tell you and i think the fact that they set it up as a documentary a pseudo documentary is smart because then they can kind of explain to the audience up front like hey here's what it is and now let's go into the movie yeah they do a good job with that and especially when introducing our main character Nim kind of explaining who she is and why they're following her and why this is important and I really like the backstory that they give you with her family up front because it ties into why she ended up a shaman yeah because the movie opens up on this documentary crew you get the text across the top that's like, hey, we're doing, you know, we're following shamanism and we found this particular shaman. It's either Nim or Neem. I don't think it matters. Uh, it probably does. But she is the vessel. So for the goddess, uh, that goddess is Bayan. And Neem explains to us that the the goddess has always had someone in her family as a vessel. And it's always a woman. And that she actually was not the original vessel that was chosen. It was actually going to be her sister. But her sister turned it away and didn't want to become the next vessel for the goddess. So uh, Nim did. I love, too, that Nim is just very open and honest. She's like, you know, I never really wanted to be the shaman. Uh, Even when it got passed over to me, I didn't really want to do it. But, you know, I like that I've done it now. And she talks about how she heals people spiritually. She just seems very in tuned and at peace. There are a few interesting things with the sisters as well, because not only does her sister Noi reject becoming a shaman and letting the goddess possess her, which is, you know, an integral part of becoming this shaman, but she rejects the entire religion and she converts to Christianity, which I just find really interesting. A lot of this movie is just about like faith and wavering faith and what happens when you reject, reject your faith. I forgot how to talk for a minute. Or birthright. Yes, thank you. That's a much better way of saying that. I got what you were talking about. Thank you. I'm glad that what you're putting down. both of our halves of brains right now have formed <laughs> one full brain. Oh, but um, Nim also, like, she really didn't want to be a shaman to the point where, because apparently the signs leading up that you are going to be possessed by Bayan are a lot of physical discomfort. Like, she got so sick. That she didn't yeah. want to live anymore, and she tried to kill herself before the um, what's it called, ritual, to let Bayan possess her. Also, there's gonna be a lot of talk about um self harm and 
suicide in this episode, so if we, you know, didn't add a trigger warning up front, this is the trigger warning for that now. Yeah. It's unavoidable. And Nim shows Nim shows the documentary crew her scars, like she slit her wrists because she so just was so sick and couldn't get any better. And she obviously at that point didn't want want the goddess, but she eventually does accept the goddess and they do the transfer and ceremony and then she was all better and yeah she's having a great life she likes being a shaman she likes helping people um she's also a seamstress on the sides how she makes her money she seems very like well respected in the community as well it seems like a pretty good gig yeah and then and then uh she tells the documentary crew Hey, my brother-in-law just died from cancer. Let's go to his you wake. You want to come with me to the let's you want to come come with me to the wake? Also, I do like that Nim is very much like they're interviewing her at the at the beginning and she's like, "I can hear I can heal spiritual stuff. If you have cancer though, you should probably go to a doctor." That makes me wonder how much of because she does say, "Yeah, like I can't heal anything that a traditional doctor would." So it makes me wonder how much of her healing is just a placebo effect for these people. I think it's real. In context of this movie, because mm-hmm. there are certain things, obviously towards the end for sure, but leading up to that, there are certain things that happen that I'm just like, How would she seems... have known some of this stuff? The egg ritual where she's like trying to convince oh. the spirits to stop and the black stuff. I was just like, ooh, not That's great. That's true. Okay. I mean, my thought was just maybe that's why, like, her sickness stopped, because she decided, oh, I'll accept this god, maybe that'll be the thing that works, and then it was a psychological thing. But I think there are so many differences with medicine as well that I am just more skeptical because of where I live. Yeah, the very Western way of thinking is, it reminds me a lot of, like, certain aspects of this movie remind me a lot of the exorcist just in the fact that before they accept what's really happening they go through all of the normal medical stuff to rule everything out and they kind of do it in this movie as well they do maybe not in that order not to the extent um well yeah i think they do more of the spiritual stuff at first and they're like huh well that's not it let's go to the doctor well it's because the the sister Noi, she doesn't want to accept it. So she's just like, I'm taking my daughter to the doctor. As she should, you know, good for her. But yeah, so the, be- the beginning of the movie has set up that this transference thing happens. It runs in Nim's family and we, we're at the wake. That is where we meet Mink, who is Nim's niece, m- very much like her mother. She doesn't really believe in any of the spiritual stuff. She thinks it's all kind of a bunch of hooey. But some weird stuff starts happening at the wake. And the wake is for her father, who has died of cancer. And in fact, a lot of the men in her dad's family, so her, like, uh, what do they call it? When it's the dad? Oh. A um, lot of the men paternal? in... M- maternal is is, is the mom like so the paternal moms. is the dad what did you say yeah that sounds about right anyways the family that has married into nim's family through her sister uh they are just struck by all sorts of tragedy all of the men have died in terrible ways um the grandfather he was what do they say he was like killed by his i think like workers and then his son ran an insurance fraud where he burned the thread factory. Like, he set it on fire to claim the money. And then he... Is he the one who died of? There's so... I'm trying... There's so much tragedy that I'm trying to remember. Um, I think the... He killed himself. Yeah, the insurance fraud guy. Yeah. And then... Oh, God. There's... So there's, like, four generations of bad things happening to the guys. There's so also... It's... Mink had a brother named Mac. and. At this point, they tell you that Mac died in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, so it's just lots of tragedy has happened to the men in this family. It's going to soon not just be the men. Because Mink starts doing some weird stuff. It's almost like she starts hearing voices. There are moments where she's like just standing and staring at the wall and twitching. Uh, Of course, the most graphic is when she (laughs) is at work and gets her period. Oh, God. 
What a and nightmare. And by period, I mean, it looks like she literally got stabbed. Like, there's, like, literally a pool of blood. Yeah, it um, doesn't look like any period I've seen. But that... Plug it up! Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the Carrie sequel we never knew we needed. Oh, I don't know if you mentioned this as well, but um, when they're at the wake, you also meet Noi and Nim's brother, Manit, who will be important. He's kind of just there for the ride. Yeah, I feel like, you know, important because awful things start happening to this poor man. Yeah, because Noi and Mink, there's going to be so many names. And they're all the sister, with the, same the sister and the niece, because I'm going to relate it all back to Nim, our protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, the sister and the niece uh, have moved in with their with the brother's family in the meantime so they're they're all around each other all the time so they're gonna all get to experience the terrible stuff all together and the brother has a wife and a new baby that'll come into play oh god yeah it will nothing bad'll happen don't <laughs> um, worry they switch focus and start following mink the niece as she is showing signs that she is gonna be the new vessel for the goddess that the goddess is preparing her and Nim is automatically like, yes, we're going to have to do, like, you can see she's kind of distraught by it because this has been her whole life. But she also understands if the goddess wants to move on to a new vessel, she gets to. And so she's telling her sister, like, hey, you know, your kid's acting weird and it's because of the goddess. And she's like, nope, I'm a Christian now. Get away. Mink is not going to be a shaman. I won't let it happen. Well, then Mink also, yeah, she, um is also a Christian. So she, when they ask her how she feels about Nam and Bayan and that religion, she's kind of like mocking it almost because they have a lot of um, rituals where they have a statue of the deity and they're like, you know, dancing around it or chanting or whatever. And she's like mocking the hand motions that they make when they do it and things like that. But there's a, there's a part. So the most important part of the wake why we're there is Mink has an outburst and starts yelling at like an uncle and claiming that he called her a name or something. But then afterward, Nim goes home and sees this blind woman who is, I think, a neighbor of hers, just kind of lost and wandering into her house. And the next morning, we find out she's died and Nim is just, or Mink, I'm sorry, is just there and they bring her body out and then mink just kind of scurries off did you ha- did you think is there some significance with the blind woman that i missed i think the blind woman could probably just see that um we're going to learn that it is not the goddess who is actually possessing mink and so i think the blind woman sensed it and as a threat to being outed she was killed okay so we definitely think that mink or at least the demons possessing i'm sorry the whatever it is possessing her um killed the blind woman yeah this movie is very smart because they set it up that the the transference for the goddess everything that mink is going through seems like it is that and then we'll find out that it it deceives everybody including nim who is the shaman um for a long time and then halfway through the movie it switches when we learn that it is not the goddess who is possessing mink the niece yeah it's a good setup and uh there's a little bait and switch there they did a good job i was surprised i wasn't because i knew what was happening but that's my own fault for spoiling the movie for myself not knowing it going in it's exactly what i was thinking i'm like oh this is gonna be an interesting take on like possession like an inherited force presence i was like it's really interesting and then they're like the goddess it's not the goddess and i was like oh shit that's not good but it really doesn't betray that premise the way they did it so i do still think it definitely could be interpreted that way well because the medium could be mink but it it, it's also nim and it's also um another shaman we'll meet later on in the movie um so it can relate to a lot of different things and they're coming at you and from different both characters. sides of the family. Mink, the niece, starts experiencing a lot of different symptoms. Her friends notice she's inhabiting a lot of different... It's almost like personalities. She's, there's like a kid personality where she's like wants to play like a child. And like there's a, like a drunkard where she's just drinking a bunch. And there's all these different things happening. And slowly she goes from being someone who is 
you know, really loves her job, loves helping people. She works at a job where she helps other people get jobs. Uh, She's like a recruiter. And slowly but surely, she starts to, it really starts to just turn. She's got that moment where she has her period in the office and she has to go home. She ends up going back into work and getting fired and then realizing the reason she gets fired. Well, she doesn't. The crew does. They learn the reason she got fired was because she was having sex with guys in the office. You know Not what? Great. Not great. But very smart move on the possessor's part because they said, hey, you know, I don't have time to do demon stuff because you keep going to work. I know. I'll get you fired. <laughs> yeah, she she like slaps somebody on the bus she takes into work and so she gets kicked off of that yeah she's just acting wild yeah it's just getting worse and worse and her mom is in complete denial about her daughter becoming the vessel for the for the goddess but nim and her brother are like yeah she's definitely becoming the the vessel we need to do the transference ceremony because then all of this will stop oh some of my favorite parts when they're trying to prove that to the mom is that Nim just keeps busting into their house and into Mink's room and going through it for evidence, like completely unannounced, just bust down the door. It's very funny. Yeah, she's trying to find some sort of proof. And she finds they find, it. Well, she, one of the things she finds is that um, Mink, the niece, has made this sort of wreath thing. It's a, to ward away bad spirits. But Nim also picks up on something that's a little upsetting. Which is Mink's relationship with her brother. Oh, yeah. I don't remember if this is just her intuition or if she has some sort of, like, hint to this. But they're talking about how he died. And she's like, it wasn't a motorcycle accident. You need to let me in his room. And she's, like, going through stuff and touching his pictures. And she's like, hey, incest? Not cool. Yeah, because she... At this point, Nim is starting to think there's something more. She she doesn't necessarily think it's not the goddess, but she's starting to think there's something more than just the goddess happening. And that's when she was like, ah, I think they had an incestuous relationship. And she's right. Oh, that's God. why Mac killed himself, because he wanted to be with his sister and couldn't. And they reveal all of this, and they have, I think my favorite transition in all of the movie is them uncovering that information and then cutting to a tree where they have cut down the the rope that he used to hang himself but part of it is still there it's very upsetting and very effective yeah lots of tragedy befalling this family and poor poor mink has gotten to a point where she just can't take it anymore and tries to do exactly what her aunt did and kill herself they find her in time and they get her to the hospital and that is when nim realizes i don't think it's the goddess doing this i i think it might just be mac oh yeah his angry spirit is coming to torture them but yeah she thinks mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah that he died in such a terrible way cuz suicide um is really like it's it's obviously awful but in that culture it's even worse because it creates like this evil energy evil spirit um when you commit suicide and they think it's attached itself on the mink the niece so they need to convince him to let her go well and at this point noi mink's mom has talked to her brother and i guess is now just accepting that she thinks it is bayan because i guess she wants it to be you know the less evil of the two things happening. And she's planning to meet with a shaman and go through the ritual to accept Bayan into Mink behind Nim's back, who has said like, hey, don't do this. You are going to, you know, make her into a vessel for whatever this evil spirit is. And that's not good. Yeah, not great. So... (laughs) They don't tell Nim, and they take Mink to go to the shaman, while at the same time, Mink has spent, like, a whole day doing this ritual where she is trying to talk to the spirit of Mac. I really liked it. It was really 
the way they set it up was really cool. Oh, Nim does. Yeah, where she's like bowing to the tree that Mac yeah. hanged himself in. Yeah, that was this movie in general. That's like my highest compliment is the movie itself looks fucking beautiful. Yeah, it looks great and it feels really real. Like it. Yeah. I know that that uh Bayon is a made-up goddess, but it she feels real. That's why I immediately looked it up. I was like, is this a real thing? thing because i'm convinced it is the way that they're presenting it but this is the moment where nim realizes hold on i don't think this is mac because she she cracks an egg and just black goose spills out and you see the look on her face and she's like shit and she has to literally like run run to the um the transference ceremony that's happening with with her niece and she stops it but uh she does not stop it in time well, and I think not only obviously the black goo in the egg is a warning sign, but I think her brother like called or texted her as well to say it was going on. Yeah. So obviously he knew. doesn't have uh, much faith in this actually being Bayan either. Yeah, and uh, Mink, once the ceremony is stopped, Mink turns on her mom, beats the shit out of her, I think with the camera, and then like runs off and they can't find her. We've already had a really emotional scene where Nim has decided I'm going to go to the goddess because we've seen a little area, like this little like cave alcovey area where people go to worship Bayon and there's a statue of Bayon. And when she goes there to pray, the statue has been decapitated. Uh, oh, not great. OK, this Bad actually signs. we skipped over something that I think is very relevant. Uh, speaking of decapitations. There's a point where the documentary crew is talking to Mink and she's telling them about a dream that she's had where there's like a big man dressed in red and he's got this huge sword and on the ground is a decapitated head that I don't remember what she said, but it sounds like the head was like trying to warn her of something. And I think that's all going to be important once we get to a very big revelation that's coming up soon. Yeah. So uh, Mink has run away. They can't find her. She's gone for like a month. She's gone for a long time. And eventually, Nim is the one who thinks, I think I know where she is. And Nim goes to the factory that her, it would have been, it would have been Mink's grandfather um, had burned who had tried to burn down for the insurance money. Nim finds Mink, so many names. She finds her niece, brings her back. Everyone's like, she seems a little possessy. Uh, not great. No, definitely not great. She's acting even crazier. Well, they take yeah, her she, like, to the hospital tears first. Her, tears her shirt open and yeah, not great. Well, they, yeah, this is once they bring her home, but they take her to the hospital first and the doctors are all like, there's nothing wrong with her. She's kind of comatose at this point, And I think that's because her spirit has just been completely broken, especially after the suicide attempt. And I don't think at this point Mink is even inside of this body. I think she's long gone. I don't know. I think she's trapped in there. Well, if she is in there, she's buried way down deep. Yeah. But yeah, what does she do once they take her home and let her roam freely in the middle of the night for some reason? Nim is fed up to the point where she's just like, she tells her sister, like, look, I there's I know what's going on here. And she starts talking to whatever is inside of Mink and it starts freaking out. They have to hold her down. She's getting like, you know, your normal like possession-y kind of thing. She's being overly sexual and eventually, like, Nim sort of binds her and then says, hey, I've got this shaman friend. I, I can't do this alone. Uh, there's a really cool scene where they're, like, she's confronting what's inside of Nim. And they put this glass of water on the ground and put her finger in it, Minx. And it the, the whole water just turns black and bursts. It's, it's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think that definitely obviously connects back to the black goo in the egg. So you can tell, like, oh, it's the same thing. This is what that ritual was trying to, like, warn Nim of. This is what's inside of her. Yeah. They take the knees to to Nim's shaman's fr- shaman, shaman, Nim's shaman friend. Sorry, I don't know why that was very hard for me to say. That's fine. His and name is Santi, like, if that helps. 
yeah, Santi. And Santi is automatically like, look, when you did this transfer ceremony, it's like you left the keys on, the keys in the car and left the car running. Anyone could have gotten inside. And he's like, not just anybody, a lot of different spirits. You basically have a clown car full of evil spirits. Yeah, not because good. it's not only just spirits of people, but it's spirits of animals in the grass because they believe everything has a spirit. It's really interesting. They've all just, there's so many, they form like one demonic entity. He and them are like, we're going to do this together. They are going to exercise Mink and free her. Yeah, while they're preparing for the ceremony because they have to do a lot of prep. They don't think at first to lock Nim, uh, not Nim. They don't think at first to lock the niece in her room. The camera crew has just happened to set up cameras because things have become disheveled at night and they catch Mink doing some pretty awful shit. It's pretty bad. It starts Um, out slow where she's just like going in the kitchen to eat raw meat at night and then it, it, progresses pretty quickly yeah she kills her uncle's dog and then eats it yeah not Uh, great she boils it alive and then eats it all yeah also the this wasn't mentioned but the family has been selling dog meat illegally for a while and i think like karmically maybe that's why some of this bad stuff is happening yeah, the demon might be mocking them. And if there are the spirits of animals yeah. inside of her. Then there could be some dogs who are pretty pissed off. I don't think they ever... They show you a dead dog on the way to the brother-in-law's wake at the beginning of the mm. film. Which I think is an omen for like what is going to happen. And I know there's a superstition that specifically black dogs, if you eat their meat... You're going to get cursed, essentially, but I don't think they ever show, you know, any black dogs in the film, so I don't know how relevant that is. Yeah, it is really interesting. I like that everything they mention does end up connecting. Like, there aren't a lot of loose plot holes by the end of this. Mink, the niece, also steals uh, her little cousin, her little baby cousin. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and just drops him off in a field somewhere. Not very responsible Yeah, as like a trap. She waits, she, because once they realize she's, she's kidnapped the baby. And that's why they show, that's why they show the video too. Cause they, they, the, they break the fourth wall and you see the crew and they're, they're showing the footage to the, the uncle. She is apparently taking the baby. It, it almost seems like, cause I don't think it's a live feed. So I think she's taken the baby more than once and just probably walked around with it. But he runs inside, baby's gone. Everyone goes searching for the baby find him in a field um <laughs> mink is like she like used him as bait and she like goes and she tr- tries to attack the camera crew and then she ends up attacking her uncle with a knife he grabs it with his hand Ooh, i hate it it's rough i mean it's better than her actually succeeding and stabbing him or killing a baby so yeah i'm sure he wasn't um, that upset did we so at this point i know santi the shaman is the one who gives us this information but have we talked about her father's family yet at this point in the movie nims no mink's father um because his descendants are kind of um important and might be why this is happening uh i can't remember when they tell you exactly i thought it was around the time where they were like yeah i will do this exorcism but here's what we're going up against it wasn't Bayan. It wasn't these, you know, whatever. It was this. Uh, sure. Tell the people. Oh, okay. Um, so remember when I was talking about Mink's dream earlier, where she saw the decapitated head and the guy with the sword? Well, that's because apparently her father's descendants were, I'm not sure what the word would be, warriors, maybe? Uh, and they were beheading and killing and torturing people for years and years. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, a lot of bad karma. Yeah. A lot of bad karma. Not great. It's been inherited down to her. And I think it's very interesting that both sides of her family have been cursed in certain ways. And she is now kind of having an internal battle between good and evil because of both of these sides of her family. Because I, I would assume, yeah, you know, Bayan seems like the good one. And then the 
Severed head demons seem like evil ones. I mean... Oh, but a guy who was being beheaded um, before he died cursed that side of the family, and that's why this is happening. Yeah. The curse yeah, is being Yeah, it's just fulfilled. this curse that's been passed down from family, you know, child, child, a child. Not great. Not good. But I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, I know. Um, I know, I saw it. They call Nim. She won't answer the phone. So Why not? Uh, her sister's... Her sister gets, like, the, uh, uh, I think she gets other, like, people in the, the town to help. And they pry open Nim's door, and they find her dead. Not from anything sketchy. It just looks like she died in her sleep. She just happened to die the day before the exorcism. They talk to Santi. They're like, what do you want to do? And he's like, we've done all this prep. We're doing it. Gotta do We're it doing this it. exorcism. Yeah, it's time for the exorcism. Okay. Let's do it. Were you sh- I know you had already read the summary, but were you shocked when they went in and found Nim just dead? No, I knew it was going to happen. Even knowing it was going to happen, it was still like, it's still like shocking to me. <laughs> just like, shit. I think I'll have more to say about it when we get to the very end, because I can't say a lot without yeah. spoiling this. They they pretty much at the end tell us. No, don't tell they, them now. They, Wait. they pretty much, you find out why she died, but you don't find that out until the end. Oh, okay. Um, that's all I was going to say. Okay, I panicked, uh, sorry. The plan for the ceremony is that they are going to do it at the Thread Factory where they found Mink. Uh, but Mink is too dangerous, so they're going to have her kind of back in her room, and they have it sealed with prayers and... um. I don't know. I can't remember what you call them when you write on the on the slips of paper and stuff, like prayers and stuff. Um, they have those all along her door frame, and they leave two people behind to watch her, and that is the um, it would be her her aunt, the brother, his wife, and the young baby. They're left behind, and then one of the followers. And their instruction is, no matter what, don't let her out of that room until the ceremony's over cool got it sounds good the rest of them are at the thread factory they're gonna use um mink's mom as a kind of host where they're gonna trick the spirits into thinking they're gonna possess her and then uh they're gonna exercise her and she's gonna they're gonna trap them all in this jar and then they're gonna bury the jar in the ground that's gonna trap the spirits so that's the plan not a terrible plan sounds good it is going well until (laughs) Until what, Riley? Until they do the one thing that they said don't fucking do. Mink tricks her aunt into thinking that she has her baby in the room with her. So the aunt obviously panics because she's hearing the baby cry in the room. She tears down all the prayers and stuff that are attached to the door when she opens it. So there's no protection anymore. And lets her out of the room. And she escapes. She kills the aunt and the man who are supervising her first, and then she escapes. And the and the camera crew. <laughs> yeah, they um they don't spare the camera crew in this movie, which I appreciate no. because realistically, they're not making it out of there. No, no. And so once that door opens, it's all downhill from here. Did she eat the baby yet, or does that happen later? No, she eats the baby. So oh, all and, stuff and also is ha- she eats a baby. They- they they flash back and forth between, um, or they cut back and forth between what's happening in the house and what's happening at the thread factory. And so I think after a couple cutting back and forth, you see the baby. But essentially what happens at the house is she gets out, she kills her aunt, she kills the follower, the shaman follower, um, she eats the baby, and then she kills the camera, the camera guy that's there. And then... At the factory, as oh soon as God. that door opens. It gets um, so chaotic at the factory. It's it's very bad, because before this happened, they got the evil spirits into Noi, who then vomited them into a jar. Very gross, but then um, yeah, whatever works. Santi has the jar, he's getting ready to bury it, and then the spell is... The, that's when the door gets opened, and um, the spell ruins the ceremony completely and he gets possessed um and they don't realize it at first they're trying to figure out what he's doing he like climbs up the stairs um because there's like a there's like a um 
there's another it's a factory yeah, and so like he, another level that he he's like a story he's a level up a story up and he just whoop, he just lets himself fall oh with the right jar right down under the cement with the jar hand. so the jar breaks spirits Ooh. are freed he's crumbled gross dead everyone starts getting possessed but before it gets too much uh noi is possessed by Bayan, the goddess and she seems so happy she's like i can feel the goddess she's with me come on guys i'm gonna lead the thing i'm gonna help us put all the demons back the question is 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 this Bayan? because what happens is she's laughing the whole time making all of the guys do this ritual and then she just kind of like takes their incense and puts it out i think it is Bayan, and Bayan is pissed and just doesn't care okay i had a similar thought i think she's a vengeful god well mine was that okay yes Bayan did possess her but because she's so outnumbered by all of these evil spirits and all of this bad karma that she's so disoriented and that's why she starts doing the ritual upside down basically but i think your theory might make more sense because a lot of this is about how their faith has wavered specifically with Noi, she completely rejected the entire religion so now that she's been transferred into this woman she's probably like fuck it i'm gonna take out the rest of your family since you rejected me she's like a scorned ex seems like every time somebody has a crisis of faith that's kind of when things turn and i think all the followers watching santi kill him well you know the spirits kill him essentially creates a crisis of faith in them which also makes them open to dying but there is one one small glimmer of hope where you think because at this point the the daughter mink she's come back she's like walked and she's in the thread factory and she and her mom look at each other both possessed by whatever entities i think that bayan does start to exercise mink but there is a moment where I can't tell if it is the real mink or the demons fucking with the goddess, but she goes, Mom. And in that moment, I think Bayon, um, because she's inside of the mom, she's inside of Noi, Noi like takes back the reins to be like my daughter. In that moment, in that break in concentration, I think is what dooms them. Yeah, I don't think it was mink. I think if mink was that far gone before all of this has happened, and she's still in there somehow, uh, she's probably in hiding. Well, it could be. They could have let her out for just a second because maybe they needed to be really truthful to not only trick the mom, but to trick the goddess. That's true. Or just to torture her more and show her all of the, you know, outcome of everything that's happened. Either way, the spell of Bayan is broken and uh, Mink sets her mom on fire and kills her. And kills everyone else. Whoa. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, she burns her alive. And there's a shot at the end of the movie of a voodoo doll with a bunch of nails in it. And they put a text on the screen. And I didn't know what it was at first, which you will know if you've listened to our watch-along commentary on Patreon. But it was the family's name. Yeah. Which I think knowing that made that a lot more effective. Because, yeah... Uh, they were definitely cursed. They were just an abused voodoo doll at this point. My question is, did somebody who had cursed the family leave that? Or did Mink leave that before she was found? That's a great question. I don't have an answer. And I think something interesting about this movie, the the entire plot is tied up, but there are a few things that are left ambiguous on purpose, which I think think is what makes this movie so interesting to talk about. So you're not going to leave dissatisfied, but they do let you have your own interpretation of some of the things that have happened. Yeah. And what's the last scene that we get? Because the movie doesn't end here. No. We get one last scene. This is my favorite scene in the movie, and this is what tied everything together for me. They have a flashback of Nim the day before she's died, which is also the day before the ritual was going to take place and she tells the camera crew that she doesn't know if Bayan ever actually possessed her she is questioning her faith 
And I think that's what doomed her. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the second she had a crisis of faith is when Bayan stopped protecting her. Well, and it's interesting, too, because it makes you... Yeah, it. There's a there's a scene earlier in the movie where Nim and her sister are talking, and her sister, who was supposed to be the vessel but decided she didn't want to be, um, asks Nim like, "Do you? How do you know the goddess is real?" And Nim says she can feel her, but that was a lie. Oh, she's never felt her. She's just assumed that the goddess has been there with her. That's such an interesting conversation as well because. They ask the sister the exact same thing about her faith in Christianity, and she essentially refuses to answer. So you can tell that on both sides, both of them are having a crisis of faith. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the movie ends with her like crying off screen, and it's ooh. I think that was the best scene in the entire movie. It was I think so good. Yeah, it does such a good job wrapping up the themes of the movie specifically. I really liked it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know how I feel about someone having to pay for the crimes of their family. It's an interesting, like, thought. Like, an interesting question. That's a lot of religions, too, though. Like, Christianity specifically. Yeah, it's like you bear the weight of your ancestors' sins. What do you feel about the thought of, like, having to pay, like, the fact that Mink ends up paying for the sins of her family? I think specifically because I live in America and a lot of people here deserve reparations for the things that my ancestors have done, I don't know how well I can answer that. Yeah, I'm really torn because part of me is like it's not fair, but then part of me is like I I get it. I understand why they deserve these things because specifically with what I'm talking about with like, you know, slavery or... Um, you know, smallpox with the indigenous communities. What was I going to say? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure how you feel about like. Oh, a lot of my... people deserve those reparations, but yeah, I I'm still. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, so because of things like slavery and smallpox and all of that, I'm still benefiting from the things that my ancestors did. Like that's why white privilege exists yeah yeah exactly i don't know it that's a that's very complicated and that's not something that i am educated enough in to have a good answer for yeah i just think it's a really interesting like karmic idea of like your family can essentially affect your life but it makes sense even looking at it looking at it in a um a real world kind of circumstance. It's like, it's kind of like what you said, but like raised to the ump degree. Like this is a hyper, hyper, um, what's the word I'm th- thinking of? Um, a hyper, a hyperbole? What are you thinking of? No, it's like a, it's like an intense version of it. Yeah, hyperbolic. Is that... Yeah, it's like a ramped, like a ramped up version of having to pay for the awful things your family did. Well, because normally I, it's not like you're cursed to death or like being possessed by a demon. No, typically not. I think partially a lot of the punishment came because they were denying those things. And at mm, that point, okay. I think yeah, it's there fair. We go. Yeah. You okay. should at least acknowledge the wrongdoings so that you don't repeat them. And don't have an incestuous relationship. It's bad. And bad don't news. do incest. Don't do that. And don't do incest. It's bad. It's yucky. I don't know why. Well, I guess just as a red herring, why that was a plot point. But I don't I don't want to think about incest. So movies, stop that. But yeah, that is the medium. Any, any other thoughts or posed questions you want to talk about? Would you eat the dog meat? Would I? Um, oh, we talked it. Um, we would, oh, would you eat dog meat? It's illegal there now. So the answer is no. I will try it. I think it depends on the context. I agree. Um, would you try human? Yeah, absolutely. Would you? Uh, once again, given the context, yes. Yeah. I'm open to... to I'm an adventurous eater. <laughs> what are you doing next week? Not in general. I don't know what I'm doing. But what are we doing next week on the podcast? Uh, I don't know. Should we talk about our horse duck ratings? Oh my god. 
I forgot we do that. Let's do that first. Uh, so what is your general rating? One to five. I would give this movie a four out of five. I really liked it. Hmm. Same. I think, yeah, it brings up some really interesting questions, obviously. I think I like the the folklore and the backstory and all of that a lot. My one major complaint about this movie is I don't think the pacing is great. I don't think it needed to be two hours long. But otherwise, I'd watch it again. I really liked it. I'm going to agree with all the things you said. I I like the world they build. I like... I do like the the mockumentary docu-fiction style for this movie. Yeah, that's my favorite like subgenre of horror is like that and found footage. I love that shit. Uh but yeah, all the all the same things. I mean, I've seen this movie before and I wanted to watch it again, so. Yeah, I'm really interested to see more of this filmmaker's work. Ooh, yeah, you need to watch Shudder. It's so good. And then you'll yeah. need to watch The Wailing. I really want to watch The Wailing. But it's so hard to sit through a 90-minute movie. I don't know if I could do three hours. Oh, it's worth it. I can it. do it. I'll do it. It's worth it. What's your horror-struck rating? I'm trying to remember, like, the first time I watched it if I was terrified. I don't think I ever was, like, super terrified. I'm going to give it, like, a like a one and a half. Whoa. I, I think because I, I know my family... Well, no, that's not true. My family could have done really terrible stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I I am not afraid of being possessed by millions of demons. For some reason. For some reason, you're not afraid of that? But that the, no, this, not saying that the scares aren't good. They just didn't get me. I think the scares are still um, fun and good. I am going to give this movie... I'm going to give it a four. It's a okay. lot lower than I thought it would be. But after I watched it, I like heard a bump in the middle of the night when I was trying to fall asleep. And I was just so unsettled from the residual fear of watching this movie that the lingering fear kind of got me. And there are some really good scares. One specifically is when Mink in the house they've set the cameras up and they've got the night vision going she's hiding under the stairs and you don't see her at first until she starts moving and that one got me really good Ooh, there's a really good unsettling scare that Mm -hmm. is so easy to miss um where it's when they're taking mink to like to the to the random shaman and the ceremony goes wrong um she's like leaned up against the window and the reflection is like she's dead-eyed and not smiling but her reflection is it's so creepy i didn't catch it when we watched it but i was reading like reddit theories about this movie and someone mentioned it so i had to go back and look it's so subtle but it's so good i think there's probably a lot more of that as well and i think that it kind of subliminally gets to you yeah i I think so too yeah specifically the girl who plays mink she is great she is very committed to this role and she's definitely the scariest part of it dude other than like she lost weight for this role she looks like um we just watched breaking dawn part one and she (gasps) yes in the hospital looks like the the bella doll when she's lost all the weight from the vampire pregnancy. She's just ready to sip on a cup of blood. She was great, though. Everyone in this movie, I thought, did a fantastic job with the acting. Yes. But yeah, I'd say a four. It, it's spooky, but it's not anything that I couldn't handle. Next week, we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. Shut up! We're bringing back episode royale! Yay! We're going to watch some TV shows. Yay! Add applause. (laughs) Yeah, we did this a while ago where we paired up the best episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with the best ranked episode of Goosebumps, and we made our own categories and ranked them to see who wins, who is, you know, statistically better. So the two shows we're going to be covering are going to be... that are going to be going up against each other are Tales from the Crypt, everybody knows it, and then the lesser known 
George A. Romero produced show, Tales from the Dark Side, which came out in the 80s. I just found out about this show two seconds ago. <laughs> um, yeah, we were originally going to do Creep Show, but then I remembered Tales from the Dark Side existed, and I remembered liking it, so yeah. we're going to compare them, because they were around the same time, so. I think that's better. I think that'll... Because Creepshow obviously would have an advantage with the advancements in technology that we've made. So it'd be nice to see things made around the same time. So we'll let you know. Uh, now the now the question is, which do you think you'll like better? And, and my answer is, I think Tales from the Crypt, but I haven't seen a lot of Tales from the Crypt. Whereas I've seen a handful of Tales from the Dark Side and remember really liking it. I feel like I don't. I have no idea. I have nothing to base either of these shows on other than Tales from the Crypt. I remember seeing an episode and being very traumatized when I was like six. And that's the only memory I have. And Tales from the Dark Side, I didn't know that existed until moments ago. So I have no idea. I do like George A. Romero. You know what's funny? What? So we were going to do Creep Show in mm-hmm. the movie Creep Show. No, the movie Creep Show was produced and created by George A. Romero. Oh yeah, the movie was. Um, huh. We're just looking at a different thing. Um, and I guess the question is: Was Tales from the Crypt really good, or do people just really like the Crypt Keeper? We're gonna find out. I still, as a thirty-one-year-old, am terrified of him. He's scary. Ten out of ten. <laughs> it's worse than Hereditary. Uh. Well... <laughs> just kidding is he a severed head tales from the crypt is where that fear comes from i have just put together so uh interesting anyway yeah come back next time we're gonna talk about tv and that's gonna be it for this week's episode of Horrorstruck. you can follow us over on twitter and instagram at Horrorstruck pod or over on facebook at Horrorstruck podcast and guess what guys We're on Patreon now, so if you want to support us and to become part of our horror family, click the link down below. Bye! Bye. And as always, stay spooky. Bye!